is Mike. That's Toya. And, and this, this is, is Tech, Tech Beats and Bites. You know what's about to go down today. It's the Obama <laughs> shirt is on. <laughs> Just like <laughs> I don't even know if everybody can see that. You gotta you gotta flex a little bit for that one. The Obama shirt is on. <laughs> it's the old Yankees hat that got sweat, blood, and tears uh-oh, in it. Uh oh. I don't know if y'all ready for it, this one. It's about to go down. I'm mm. telling you right now. It's going to be a doozy today. It's going to be. <laughs> so we might as well just dive on in. What's going on? What's, what's on your mind? It's a lot that's on my mind. That's for today's ignorance. Fortunately, we have to follow a show format because we're trying to learn, but it's it's going to get real bad today. Um, But let's go ahead and do the technology part of the show. So um, I know you live down in Dade County. What's one of the complaints you hear about real estate down in Dade County? It's expensive mm-hmm. and most working, you know, middle-aged people, not even middle-aged millennials, right? So the 20 to 30s can't necessarily live on their own. They have to live with their parents because they can't afford the rent or to buy Right. in Miami, especially when you're talking about like around downtown, sort of the, the nucleus, right? As they move further out west or south, it becomes cheaper. But then again, now you have to deal with commuting and how that may impact where you work and your job. And your, your life, right? Commuting sucks. So doing a lot of work with CRAs and yeah. dealing with real estate agents, you know, you always used to hear the stuff about there's no there's no land. Mm-hmm. So we found out that's not true. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so the land is there. Your heart is in Miami. Um. So land access, which actually land access stands for land for neighborhood development tool. Um, was developed by the University of Miami and the developers say keep saying that there's no vacant land in Miami right. um, but this do, this tool that they put out it shows that there's half a billion square feet mm. of land that, that can be built on in Miami so the jig is up guys right so now that we know that you guys are overpricing us for housing because <laughs> you're saying there's no land right. you're just absolutely lying um, but according to the mapping tool that was put together by the University of Miami it's 500 million square feet of vacant or underutilized land scattered across the Miami-Dade County, the land is either publicly or institutionally owned. For example, land shows 19 surplus lots totaling 32,000 square feet along Northwest 18th Avenue between 62nd and 71st Streets. That's Liberty City. (laughs) No, so you gotta put it together. Yeah. So what people are doing when you start talking about gentrification and everything else, to me, it sounds like they're just hiding, hiding assets and right. driving the value up because they just don't want people to be aware of what's going on around them. So I don't know how that's addressed or I'm wondering now that it's because I went and looked at the tool. It's very simple. Uh-huh. It's a very streamlined platform. It's very easy to use. But I'm wondering now, will the government start giving up this land for affordable housing or what will they do to build out to make, of course, our city more convenient and accessible right well i think that also depends on what the purpose of the tool is like it's great to just have a tool but now what are you going to do with the knowledge and how is um looking to leverage this information you know what i'm saying because in order for there to be change or for you know the the government the local government to be able to do anything there needs to be somewhat of a push because they know it's there it's not as if this is hidden knowledge it's their knowledge so they know it's there and nothing has been done with it thus far so just exposing it is one step but now what's next 
Well, they're saying they're doing it so that people can have more access to real-time real estate development because as the land goes away, they'll also update it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, I think a lot of good doesn't have a true what's next because that actually means implementing legislation and changing the laws and doing different things to make it effective. But, you know, we're going to talk more about redlining and real estate in today's ignorance. I'm just telling y'all to stay aware. <laughs> so breadcrumbs. You want to go ahead and do that next one? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so MySpace has an oops moment. Y'all heard it, MySpace. So the, I, I didn't know. Look, I haven't <laughs> been on MySpace since probably like 2004. Was that Black Planet everybody was just trying to get back into recently? Right, because uh, of Solange. Okay. So apparently the following email was sent to MySpace users this week. Who is on MySpace? Like, I really want to know. I know MySpace tried to do somewhat of like a rebrand and maybe like the mid 2000s, like 2008 or so. Right. And try to go after like more music heads. So it's But I don't, I don't know what happened. So let's, let's follow it along. Out a little bit. So as a result of a server migration project, any photos, videos, and audio files you uploaded more than three years ago may no longer be available on or from MySpace. We apologize for the inconvenience. <laughs> Period. Oh, all my music gone. We sorry. Right. Many people will be shocked to learn that MySpace, a social network site that launched in 2013, 2003, not 13, still exists. That's me. In 2005, MySpace was purchased by News Corp for $580 million. And in 2011, it was sold again, this time for $35 million to specific media. Can we can we calculate the loss on that? Right. $580 million to, to $35 million. I right. hope they show us some shares along the way and recoup some of that money. They was probably like, we just need to get out. <laughs> so MySpace... That's was, like the uh, Bitcoin bubble. Right. <laughs> so, of course, everybody knows MySpace is one of the first digital community building platforms, and ultimately MySpace became a platform for the music industry, which is what we were just talking about, with solo artists using it to develop and showcase their music. Janelle Monet was discovered by Diddy from MySpace. So, yeah, so that's interesting all good and stuff but we know social networks have been under fire especially with mark zuckerberg and facebook and all that good privacy information but there's another side of it too the corporate responsibility side so social network platforms are free to use but do the platforms owe any duties to their users just from that email that was like two sentences if that about all my information gone. Like, that's all you got, MySpace? No way to recover it. No sort of, like, heads up. Hey, in a month. Like, usually when this stuff happens, you give a heads up so people can prepare. Well, you can't heads up for a crash. And if your servers just go down and you stop paying for them. So, well, it was the server migration. So you knew y'all was doing this. Like, this was a scheduled thing. You just don't migrate a server on a whim. So we had a user that first thing they said is, can anyone complain about losing something they didn't pay for? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I signed up on your site. (laughs) I'm storing my data on your site. Like. But it's free. Who cares? (laughs) And that's why I'm saying, even though it's free, what you need to do? Even though it's free, you got to understand it's not really free because you've used my data and you right. use advertisements. You've made right. money off of me. So right. truthfully, although you may see it as free, it's not really free because somebody is making money right. off of my information. Exactly. Case in point, Facebook. <laughs> like all of the information that came out about them, like let's stop it. Yeah. They're making a lot of money. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I guess the end result of this is... I didn't even know y'all was still using MySpace. 
I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how to get access to my account. Uh, <laughs> <don't> even, <laughs> and there's remember. some good photos on there from when I was living in New York that I would really like to save. I think they may be on an old laptop, but I don't remember what my screen name was. Mm-mm. I don't even know how to Couldn't get access you. to that. So Couldn't tell you. Yeah, that ain't gonna work out. Um so I don't know if you've been watching TV. Did you see uh, what I'm deeming as the little drop of lies? <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but let's get into it. So I, it's, it's Theranos, is that how you say it? Uh-huh. So the Theranos documentary was on. I'm not going to go through the documentary because... Um, on what channel? For those who maybe it was on catch it, it, it on, it on, on demand. Oh, it was on HBO, right? Yeah, I actually watched some on HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't so on, it may be on, on demand. It wasn't on Netflix. Yeah, it was on... Um, or HBO Go for those who have Great Fire Stick. But this is the thing, though. This little girl. <laughs> she killed it. Yes, she did. There's, yes, she did. There's what some of you guys deem as finessing. And then there's this. <laughs> she raised $400 million. Yep. Never proved that the project worked. And in there, they made a direct statement that she got investments because of her relation to other smart people and what they accomplished. Nothing about what she accomplished, nothing about what she did, no verification of what she did, but she was still able to finesse people out of 400. And I'm talking about some of the most powerful people. I ain't even put their names in there because I didn't want to spend. I'm talking about some of the most powerful people, Secretary of States. I mean, just uh, she had General Mattis like. And then they had a, a, a quote by his name where they lied about having government contracts mm-hmm. and that they had done it for two years. And this is the point when the machine was still in prototype phase. I'm just trying to say now, if you guys don't understand what we feel when we say privilege, <laughs> this this show is a perfect example of it. All the way down to the fact where they talked about and um, our AP Daniel bought this up Mm -hmm. where they were talking about the fact that she changed her whole voice Mm. so if you hear her talk she used you know because she She was was cold switching (laughs) look she was cold switching yeah so i when when i heard that because we watching a documentary i was like so so as soon as she starts talking she starts off showing it's like so you know what i'm like whoa whoa, (laughs) so she sound but then i watched everything it wasn't that she was cold switching she was trying to be the man's woman kind of thing. So even okay. when she was doing her interviews, like she's slouching like this with her legs open in a pantsuit. Like she just took on a whole mannerism of a sloppy dude. Like a uh, sloppy So she could maybe be more relatable. Like, oh, she probably clicked. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just, so I was just like, you know, this is, of course, when she was coming around, that was a time when everybody was still chasing unicorns. I don't think as yeah. many people are chasing unicorns versus just sustainable companies. But between this and the fire documentary mm-hmm. is this the reason why we can't get funded because <laughs> <laughs> people screwing up people money no because we just tell the truth right i mean so there's you can unpack this so many different ways even down to the fact that she was using old tech and selling it as new tech <laughs> she was using everybody else's machines right and claiming it was new and then to the fact that when they started changing the method of how they was drawing blood back to the vials versus mm-hmm. the actual little uh fingerprint it was just like what what's what's going on so i just want to know how do we run a finesse like that because <laughs> we i mean this is my thing do people have to start doing more research 
Or is it come to a basis where you only research and you really dig into those that you really don't want to support in the first place? Yeah, I don't even know. So her sale game had to have been like, I don't even know what she did. Like, what was her pitch? How did she get so many people looped in? But I like th- you said, it's, a, it's not even a little drop of lies. It was a whole bucket. But it was like the guy in New York life. Times said, well, the guy from the Wall Street Journal, he said the only reason why he started digging deeper and one of the things that caught his attention was when the New York Times wrote, wrote that her description of things were comically vague. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, it was a certain charm about her. So I'm like, was it the charm of the little girl that you didn't get to mess with when you were in high school kind of charm? Or was it but a was level she of that intelligence? Attractive? I don't even think she- She's not that attractive. She had horrible hair. Her hair looked like hay that was matted together. <laughs> <laughs> she, she looked like a viable Simpsons character. But... The female that was a scientist, an actual scientist, when right. she came to her, her mentor told her straight up, this was, this won't work. Like, this this isn't possible. It's impossible what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't saying it's impossible as if you're not coming up with a good idea. She was yeah. basically saying it's impossible based off of the elements of physics and science that you can't possibly do this because I'm actually a doctor and, and- you dropped out of Stanford. <laughs> and so I'm telling you. You can't do this. Your education stopped. You you so stopped and you're not expert. as an expert, I'm telling right. you, not as a dream killer. Right. So I'm just wondering when do the old white men admit that they get finessed and they just don't support the things that are sustainable? Because <laughs> she finessed four hundred million. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. And this was four hundred million dollars in the early two thousand tens. Huge finesse game. Like that was a scheme for the ages. Like she did a, a doozy. So to, to your question, right? I think that her network played a huge role in making the sale easy mm. because she was able to be like, look at who's on my team, Speak y'all. Speak on it, yeah. You want to join this clique. We're doing amazing things. We're about to revolutionize the process of drawing blood. And because of the number of people who deal with this, and it sounds small and trivial, but th- it's a pain point for a lot of people. And to sort of make it more affordable, that's what she was selling, making it more affordable. It's easier. It's not as painful. So those are all things like, oh, my gosh, revolutionizing the healthcare so because drawing blood is, a, is essential. You draw blood all the time when you go to the doctor. So one of the key points is being disruptive. Right. You want to be disruptive. So she did the whole likable thing by trying to like slouch and make herself feel she downplayed herself a little bit. Right. When you slouch and you sort of like do this whole thing, mm-hmm. you're changing your demeanor. So, so that way you don't impose on someone else's. So they feel like and smart and intelligent. So it's, it's a whole gameplay. I want what is that one of the like one of the um, 48 rules of power? You know, that book that talks oh. about. 48 Laws of Power, is it? Something like that. Whatever. Y'all know the book I'm talking about. I was about to say, are you confusing it with 50 Cent's title? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, so I'm wondering, that has to be in the book. I never fully read the whole thing, but that has to be in the book about how to manipulate situations and how to sort of coax people to kind of join you. There there was a gameplay that she was doing. That was total like... I would relate it more to almost the art of war. That's the book I remember. Mm-hmm. You you know you infiltrate you know also like spook by the door which we're gonna address that too with the Gucci situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just talking about that today. Look spook at that. by the door. Yeah. Oh yeah, we gonna talking get into that. that. I, I want I want twenty minutes for today's <laughs> ignorance. It's just gonna overflow. Oh, we are gonna have to run through this stuff then. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, so enough about her look. Yeah, we know. So, that so was- hey, we we applaud you for the finesse. 
<laughs> What's the girl? Um, house, the house, uh, the house leader. Oh, uh, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy, and she did the Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best shade ever. AKA, that's the baby shark clap. Baby <laughs> shark, do 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 do. That's what that is. It's coming from a mother. <laughs> that's what that is. Um. So the world of streaming. So um, we got a lot to discuss here. A lot of little things. Um, but it all adds up. So as you think about us, a lot of the content that we're talking about wouldn't mm-hmm. get put on regular TV stations, but I'm just going to go through the streaming stuff and then we can come back to certain key points of it. Um, so I think it's called Stadia is the way to pronounce it. So Google has announced its new Stadia video game streaming platform on Tuesday, which now you can kind of justify why Chrome eats up so much of your RAM when you're using <laughs> it as a web browser. So maybe they were always preparing for this um, because it's internet based. It barely requires anything you may not already have. Mm hmm except if you don't have a TV, internet, or computer, or a mobile device. But most of us have that, especially if you're watching this or talking to us right now. Right. Um, so you might not already own, to, you know, to play the games, but you have most of this. And so the high-end AAA titles that usually work and look best on high-end consoles and computers are now going to be available as a streaming service. Since the games on Stadia will be streamed from the cloud onto one's device, Mm-hmm. There won't be any need for physical games console, even high-end powerful hardware like a gaming PC. So you could pretty much say that Stadia is going to be the Netflix of video games, mm-hmm. which that also eliminates the need for DVD players. And, you know, that's that's how Netflix, they eliminated the need for right. certain things. So what do you think about, I'm not a gamer, but with this opportunity to not have to worry about the hardware right. and all that stuff, I might become a gamer. Again it makes it more accessible. Yeah. I'm, so I'm wondering, we know subscription is the way things are going. Yeah. But how do you feel about this for gaming? So I'm one of those people who I've bought game consoles over the years, right? The early right. Nintendo, the Sega, play it for a little bit, get tired with it, and it just sits there. So this could possibly work because when I'm in the mood for gaming, you don't have to go through all the right. extra. I could just play it real quick and then I'm done. Like, that's the thing. Like, I would play Mario and I'm like, all right, that's it. Tetris, all right, that's it. I was huge into, like, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. And actually, I became, especially with those games, I became a voyeur. So I used to like other people play, watch them play because they're doing all the cool tricks. Which is now Twitch, so people right. watch other people games. Right. Mm-hmm. I haven't really gotten into that yet, though. I don't have the time. But I think that Stadia, this is a good solution, especially for those who may be not as committed to gaming as some people who like need to have it. I don't, I don't know. I think it will allow for a lot more sort of like experiencing other games because if it's easy to sort of switch out and play other stuff, like maybe one day you want to play, you know, I don't know, Mario Kart and the next day you want to play something else, it's easier Fortnite because to your point, that, yeah. you don't have to have all of the equipment and you don't have to spend so much on the actual game. And I'm honestly, if all I got to buy is a remote control to do it and I'm yeah. already playing for unlimited internet service. Right. So I don't have a data cap. Yeah. I'm jumping all over this, especially I think it's a good downtime. Right. And I also remember still good for hand eye coordination and reflexes to play video games. Exactly. Just for people out there to know that. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next part of this goes into AT&T and DirecTV. They want to drop Viacom. Mm. Now, understand what I'm saying. So right. for the people out there, you got to know who Viacom is. Right. So Viacom is around 23 channels, but the main thing they include is Ratchet upon Ratchet, <laughs> Ratchetness, Ratchetness with a laugh, Ratchetness for kids, 
Black Ratchet, and then Ratchet. And no, I'm just playing. So these channels <laughs> are actually MTV, VH1, right. Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, BET, and more. Right. Um, so my my immediate thoughts. Viacom should just go ahead and start their own streaming service. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Nobody really ever liked the satellites from DirecTV. No. And let, AT&T. Let a good rainstorm come. <laughs> AT&T still really doesn't have good service. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. On any way, shape, or form. And I can, I'm going to take shots at AT&T because I don't use them anywhere. I'm an <laughs> a X5 Xfinity dude all day. <laughs> so let them fail and you rebuild and go ahead and start making your own platform like everybody else. Yeah, completely agree. This is opportunity. And that's when, you know, things happen, right? You have to look at it as the opportunity to do something different. When you get fired, it's an opportunity to secure that job that you've always wanted. And I think that's what this is. And to your point, right? So we used to have Xfinity. We now have Uverse. <laughs> so knowing the difference, I just was, I got pissed with Xfinity. I would have just stopped watching TV. <laughs> Throw away the whole TV. I got pissed. I was like, we going back over here because they got a great deal and it's cheaper. It was cheaper at the time. But you surf on the, on the service. And of course, the on demand with like you versus straight trash. But um, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, so <laughs> like how you were with Sears and the uh, your refrigerator oh, box. That's how I'm feeling about you versus. I say you still ain't like got an ice maker yet. <laughs> we, that's why we ain't drinking the liquor right now we still ain't got an ice maker we just drink beer because it can stay cold in the refrigerator right. without ice right um i need some beer too for this next part um so anyways this is the thing i don't understand though bt has some dope content that yeah. i recently came upon yeah um bt is making a lot of dope content yep directly focused on like almost like an unsung kind of thing mm-hmm. behind the scenes and different kind of stories. And good shows. They have Boomerang that just started. Right. That's the first season. American Soul. That's all about the um, Soul Train. They had a new edition. Yeah. Mini series, which was really, really good. Everybody loved that. And now they just are, uh, they're launching BET Her, which is completely directed towards content for black women. So, so removing the ratchetness that comes from VH1 and MTV is it possible that BET is getting too positive and the content has actually started to shift? Because you got to think when BET was at its prime, that's when you had the Tavis Smiley, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Donnie Simpson, Donnie Simpson, and then you had what Midnight Love. You know, you actually had and stuff. Teen Summit. Yeah, Teen Summit. Uh, mm-hmm. That's when 106 and Park was actually effective to me. Yeah. Um, do you think it's really that they're doing bad, or is it because they're coming too effective right now? Because I think BET is on a rise, personally. No, I think so, too. I think they're really doing some really, to your, to what we were just talking about, some really great content. And I know your next point is about BET Digital Originals. But I think that I like kind of where BET is going and how they're kind of getting into that space of creating content and not just reality TV shows. Right, because like, we're over that. Like, let's, let's stop it already. There's enough housewives and, and hip-hops, but... Everybody. So the direct question that I had, which I'm going to ask you because I, I know my opinion and people that if they follow my page, they already know my opinion on this. Is it a fear that educational and deeper topics won't receive the same response as the ratchet elements that we are currently in on TV? Oh, yeah. I.E. Miami Spring Break. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. We, we know that. We talk about that even on social media, how you could be posting all kind of positive content. 
And if you post something like ratchet or something that is like, oh my God, what was me? You may get a little bit more response from people. It's, it's just how we have been shaped to consume programming and content. We've been shaped just from the news to like seek sensationalism, to seek things that have the sort timeline of, beer right on time. Right. Nice and cold too. Oh, that might be our commercial. <laughs> Go timeline, ahead. Do it real quick. Timeline beer right on time. <laughs> So yeah, so I, no, I, I completely think that's what that is. There's, but to step out, and I believe what they're also saying too, is how well Netflix is doing with their original content. Like right. Netflix comes out with a new movie, a new show, like all the time. And that sort of being a space for people, because especially black creators, we need spaces. And I think that's dope that BET is one of those spaces. And, and um, OD, I agree with you. Yes, we we delisted. Uh, you might have came in right after we said it. We noted that all the Viacom companies, we noted all the channels and the 23 channels, and we know they're equally owned. But with that being said, a lot of the black content is consistently negative and consistently ratchet. So I just think there's a point where yeah. we do need some balance and to step away from it. But honestly, I think we have more negative than we have positive. So I think we're missing a balance. No, and, absolutely. Just and I like think if you want to do negative versus positive, I think it should be 75-25. <laughs> and I think positive should win in that situation. Absolutely. Just when you think about hip-hop and how hip-hop was like in the early 90s. Like you had diversity in the artists. You didn't, everybody didn't sound the same. Everybody wasn't saying the same thing. You had Tribe Called Quest. You had KRS-One. Right. Wu-Tang Clan. Because music is not positive in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I can't, I can't name four artists that are mainstream. I'm not going to say they're not out there. So a lot of people that went independent and every right. once in a while somebody will right. send you a link to download their music. But overall, I can't think of anything that's mainstream that's not talking about female drugs, foreign cars, foreign women, fashion or something yeah. to that extent. The drug culture is so huge right now between like everybody just want to go to sleep. Like when somebody was talking about future, like all this stuff, Molly, he had a whole song, Molly Percocet, but he doesn't do drugs himself. Right. So when it's entertainment, separate itself from real life. And if you don't do it in real life, why are you pushing it so hard in your form of entertainment? Speaking of which, quick sidebar. So we were watching on Tubi, <laughs> a, a, a little app that's on uh, the Fire Stick. I was about to say, that's something for kids? Huh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Tubi is like where you could watch like movies and shows on, on the Fire Stick. But anyway, we were watching CB4. Mm. And CB4 taps into that. Yes. The whole idea of being something else for music that's completely different from who you are and then how that catches up with you. You know what? Because Chris Rock was a genius. That's why. And they've addressed. I remember that. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like they were faking that whole lifestyle of <laughs> right. being gangsters. And then when he it took the identity of a gangster and it got into a whole mess. And then they had to get, get out of it. If you haven't seen the movie in a long time, definitely watch it because it's still so relevant today. Which yeah, is crazy. It's still so relevant today. Like Pootie Tang. <laughs> <laughs> Who was also in CB4. Right. He was in CB4. So as we're continuing to talk about streaming, you get into the Disney Fox merger. Now I'm excited and scared about this at the same time. Actually, let me take that back. I'm totally excited about this. Why? So as of 12.02 a.m. today, which means they was working at late. midnight. That's Disney... when you push updates for your website. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or you get work done because your clients ain't bothering right. you. Um, Disney now has full control over 21st Century Fox. Entities including the entire movie studio division, a 30% stake in Hulu, and the Fox Television Group. Now, Disney now has 60% stake in Hulu, 
This is interesting in light of the fact that Disney has plans to launch its whole streaming service, right. which now I think it might just be an expansion of Hulu because exactly. you already got the platform. Right. Then Disney Plus, Disney CEO Bob, plans on integrating franchises like Deadpool, X-Men, which gets into your whole Marvel platform, right. and bring it to Hulu to an international audience, thus, thus for making it probably one of the first true contenders of Netflix. And if you watch some of the Hulu original content, mm-hmm. just almost like the same stuff that is on um, Amazon original content, I think this was a major play, and I think that was a great move. If I if I had to put a hustle alert on anything today, that was the move to make. No, I agree. That's, that's a huge partnership. And to your point, that's that's what a lot of bigger corporations do, right? You talk about it all the time in tech. A big tech company um, buys a smaller tech company because they want the software. Yep. They want the tech. They because why rebuild it again? Exactly. They take it in house, do their own thing, and then they repurpose it and send it out. So that's exactly what Disney is doing. I personally have not gotten into Hulu yet. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you, I, I have Hulu. I have all. Yeah. Well, I have Hulu. Don't pay for it. <laughs> Oh, truth moment. I have a, but that's the thing, though. Hulu account allows you to have five people on the account. Yeah. At their at their like regular rate. Right. Hulu also has live streaming TV, mm-hmm. and Hulu has a lot of shows that Direct TV has, and you can just watch the series without the commercials, or you only have to watch one commercial in the beginning, right, and one commercial at the end. Now, this is where the hustle alert comes in. If I'm Viacom. Mm-hmm. I pull all my content from DirecTV. Mm-hmm. I take it to Hulu and Disney. Yeah. Merge with them, work out a different deal, and then just let everybody fight because when they start seeing their numbers plummet, because you have a generation that's addicted to reality TV right. and everything, if they start making that shift and Hulu's the next, now it becomes Hulu and chill. <laughs> which is still better than everything HBO was talking about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I could see Hulu and chill. I could see, yo, what's up on Hulu? I can see that becoming, and actually Hulu has one of the more cleaner and powerful interfaces. It's a very nice design. Like Hulu is inviting when you go to mm-hmm. that platform. It's a it's a beautiful, it's like gradients and it's um, Helvetica news. So it's a nice thing. <laughs> Says the designer. It's a dope <laughs> interface. Right. Versus... Amazon still need to fix their interface. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is a great move by Disney. And with all the stuff that's happened to come back that got canceled, mm-hmm. you got Deadpool, you got uh, Luke Cage, right. Jessica Jones, Daredevil. There was a whole bunch of stuff that people were just getting into and like going and watching the whole seasons just yeah. to find out it was canceled. Take your toys and go play in somebody else's sandbox and make it work out. For sure. Completely agree. No, I think it's dope. And to your point, like Viacom, that's what I said. It's an opportunity. I would not be sad at all because people are already cutting the cord anyway. People are getting those loaded fire sticks mm-hmm. and it does everything you need. So as our uh, AP steward says, homie lover Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. And why are we still giving R. Kelly credit, David? You could have came up with something. <laughs> so I'm a little bit better, but that was cute. <laughs> it though. was a good one, though. That was cute. It's a good T-shirt. It's a good T-shirt. Um... So I had a maybe by this one. You were just talking about New York, so we don't yeah. have to get into the details of it. But um, autonomous vehicles have made it into New York City. Mm. What do you think about that? So there was an article that came out about autonomous vehicles and how their sort of uh, pedestrian detection mm-hmm. can't really detect 
dark skinned people. So I didn't want to bring that up, but since you brought it up, <laughs> so since the NYPD can't do it, they just gonna get the autonomous cars and start running around and hitting Negroes and stuff. Exactly. And it, look, man, um, New York. It's too many pedestrians. It's not York. a good idea. It's too many pedestrians. That's just not the city to test it at. No. We shouldn't you go somewhere in the country, right? Or like a Panama City, a Tallahassee maybe, where there's pedestrians, but they're more than Boise, Idaho. Area. Anywhere, like, anywhere but New York. Maybe even Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Go upstate, but not the city. Yeah. That's not the place to do this. No. I mean, you basically are allowing a murder vehicle. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> they released a report. Yeah. Autonomous cars and yep. all this stuff like can't really identify mm-hmm. people of darker skin. And you decide that's a good place. Let's go ahead and release it. As diverse as New York City is. One of the most diverse cities. Until you can figure out that aspect of the tech. Why would you just go ahead and start? And it's Optimus Ride. Look at that. They must be um, <laughs> Transformer fans. So, and on, on top of that, how hard is it now going to be for black people to get a ride? You already had a problem. So, what, what autonomous vehicles are these? Like, I, I just, if you made it... If it was a Boston-based startup, mm-hmm. why don't you just do this in Boston and tell us how it work out? Yeah, yeah. At least there's less black people in Boston. <laughs> right. <laughs> and nobody really wants to be a Red Sox fan. Exactly. So for those who want a little bit more detail on what we're talking about, so Optimus Ride, wink, wink, <laughs> a Boston-based self-driving startup announced plans to deploy autonomous shuttle service in NYC in the second quarter of 2019, which is almost now. We're like almost in the second quarter. No, they won't be fighting with yellow cabs in Times Square. They will run in closed loops on private roads within the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Mm. The service will be available to the approximately 8,500 people who work at the Navy Yard, as well as future passengers of New York City's East River Ferry Service that will be opening a new dock at the Navy Yard this year. So that's where it'll be. So y'all watch out for those who be by the Navy Yard. It's going to be a no for me, dog. I'm going to have to be like Randy <laughs> on that one. It's going to have to be a no for me. Um, real quick, uh, Robert Kraft ain't going to be going to jail. I just want y'all to know that. Even with the fact of it being human trafficking and his sexual violations that he just committed, you know, him and Brady are great for cheating and getting right back into the game. Uh, all he has to do is plead guilty. There will be no time served, 100 hours of community service, and a class on prostitution (laughs) and court fees. So (laughs) this is my thing. I don't think he need a class on prostitution. I'm pretty sure he knows exactly how it works because that's why he was there. What kind of class do you take on prostitution? Like to know when a woman is a prostitute and when you shouldn't buy? Right. What is the class actually going to be about? That's almost like those diversity classes where you like, so what <laughs> are we say learning what you here? Say. See, y'all, I just throw alley-oops these days. Oh, you don't always have to be Jordan. Sometimes you can be Pippin and just get the assist. Let, let, that's Jordan over there. Like, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I just want to, I just want to sit in on the class at this point. I want to sit in on the prostitution class that Robert Kraft has to go to, and I think he should take How to meat meals. Avoid prostitutes, like, <laughs> yeah. come on now, you, you, y'all know who's a prostitute, right? Because they just keep circling the block and they'll stand. Listen, I mean. They don't circle the block no more. They just hit you on your DM, but you still know well, where to leave the cash. That too. That too. Well, I'm just saying. You know, there's still those who hit the streets. You still have the, the street hitters. 
That'd be walking the block. You went old school. Yeah. Street. You see them on, on Biscayne Boulevard down the, here in Miami. The street surfers. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we kind of talked about this on the uh, college admission thing, mm-hmm. the college admission skill. So uh, the rules of the riches in the education. Yeah. So how does being rich impact education, you know, comparing to those who can't get into school? Mm-hmm. How come they still haven't shown the mug shots of those that were arrested? And then the impact of the kid, future kids' perspective on the meaning and value of education. Right. And I've been seeing a lot of conversation, like, in the news about that. You know, these these Ivy League institutions now potentially being devalued because a lot of people are in there who cheated mm. uh, to get in there. Meanwhile, there was a whole pushback on the idea of affirmative action. They were overrated in the first place. Right. They're Truly, they're more about the network. Mm-hmm. It's more about being amongst them. It's a it's a club. It's a club. It's a club. You Tor- know that they Toronto's. have <laughs> right. It's a it's a straight up club, and it's all about that access. And going back to her, you know, she was able to use that access to raise four hundred million dollars. So that's what it's for. That's what it's for. So we'll see. We'll see. And and of course, like you were saying, they haven't really shown mug shots of the people. So. I think it's one of them stories we just follow. I don't really know what's happening right now. So. Yeah. Until they release the mug shots, it shows you just how much they care about them committing crimes because there's black mothers out there that just lied about the address to get their kids into a better school and they're serving five to eight years in prison. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that whole thing that about thing. racism. Today's ignorance is going to be serious. <laughs> so let's get into the beats. Uh, we have yes. deemed beats to go because, you know, beats, music, we'll just make that our entertainment section. Yeah. Um, so in a more serious, not going to talk about it long, Wendy Williams is in a sober house. Mm-hmm. Um, Wendy Williams made an announcement on her show. I have been living in a sober house. She said, you know, I've had a struggle with cocaine in the past. I never went to a place to get treatment. There are people in your family. It might be you. I want you to know more about the story. So I went and did a little bit deeper dive. And it's not mm-hmm. that she's doing drugs or cocaine again, but um, she's supposedly going through a alcohol. She just said she noticed she was drinking way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is one of those things where we should show support over shame. You don't really benefit shaming people. And I haven't went and looked at this page, but you know, it's one of those things. If I could talk to him. And if I had a connection with him, this would be mm-hmm. one of the times where Who's I was- Who's the him? 50 Cent. Okay. But, you know, like my friend, you know, <laughs> power. Uh, this would be one of the times I would tell 50 Cent, this is when you don't attack. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's a point where, you know, sometimes you can attack people and it's just funny. But, like, this is a serious issue. Yeah. Uh, and she's trying to get help. Yeah. And so, you know, we need those in media. We don't have that many voices in media. We don't have that many minority voices in media. So I'm just hoping, you know, 50 Cent doesn't attack her while she's down. I hope Wendy Williams gets better. Yeah. And I'm glad she came out and um, presented and it to about her, her family and talked about it because there's more people that just need to hear that they're not the only ones going through that situation and yep. they need help and there's support out there. Um, yeah. You got to use your resources. And seeking professional help, too. Yeah. Because a lot of times, especially within the black community, the idea of professional therapist, psychologist, is something that people have shied away from, but there's a space for that. And to not be ashamed to go seek help is important. Because especially if you have kids, you want to be here for your kids. You want to be the best version of yourself. And if you are struggling with something like addiction, you need to go and seek help. Because right. it's, it's there's something happening. And it's you being used as a mask to sort of cover up whatever it is that you're trying to suppress. And even as a black man, even if you're dealing with things like anxiety, depression, and things like that, um, 
yeah. being able to find a support system right. to just know that you can express those feelings. You know, one of the biggest things that I accomplished probably in the last six months was having another conversation with my father to clear up some issues we've had. Because mm. there's a lot of men that just don't talk about their issues. And so, you know, I, me, I have my homeboys, you know, we'll call each other. And every once in a while, it's just that check in. And it's the conversation is going to end with, hey, man, I just want you to know I love you. Yeah. And it ain't no I love you, no homo. It ain't no I love right. you, pause. No, I love you. I love you as a brother. I love you enough exactly. to tell you I love you. I love you to tell you I'm here for you if you need to talk. Let's talk about it. That's so important. It's big. It's okay to be a man and be a macho. But to me, a man's man is a man that can tell another man, yo, I love you. I'm here for you as your brother. Let me know if you need anything. So I think we really need to start addressing that. Yeah. And honestly, I think when we were talking about it, you know, the whiskey Wednesdays are just whiskey, period. Yeah. Um, It's kind of for cold, cold W. It's cold whiskey because W with a man is automatically associated with being weak. And whiskey is not weak at all. So I just, I just <laughs> right. think that we should let people... Put a little hair on your chest. <laughs> talk about it. Um, you got to talk about it. Uh, so our AP, Stuart, came up with this part of the program. And mm-hmm. Toya was unable to do all of her research. So I'm going to lead on this one because it's yes. new. But if real quick, because of the issues we're talking about, we got to bump it or dump it. Bump um, it. Dump it. <laughs> We're going to record her doing that every time that segment comes on. Dante's going to hit the audio effects or, or bump it or dump it. Uh, so we're supposed to do one album per show, but we're doing yeah. two. Um, the album that I'm sure our executive producer, our producer, director, should I say, Dante is going to be excited about is Gary Clark Jr. It's called The Land. This Land. That's oh, yeah, This Land. My bad. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> this Land is a very dope political an empowered album. All right. It has a lot of storytelling in it. And Gary Clark may not be for everybody because mm-hmm. he's more so on the side of blues and rock and roll. Yeah. It's not your traditional R&B album, but he does have two songs that I really like on there. Um, I Got My Eyes on You, Lock and Loaded, which is more of a ballad. It's a little bit more. And cool. then um, The Guitar Man, which is, I'm just bumping that. So I think nice. a lot of people out there... So it's definitely a bump. It is not a dump. It is definitely more of a diverse music if you're just a traditional R&B person. But then there's another album that I just had to talk about. I didn't want to wait. Executive produced by LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, but that yeah. latest 2 Chains album, Rapper Go to the League. Yeah. 2 Chains had a lot to say. And you're talking about the maturity from Titty Boy to 2 Chains. This is an album worth listening to. So that's definitely a bump in everything. You don't have to skip. I'm talking about listening to it from beginning to end. From beginning to end. I like those. Those are good. And since, you know, you lived in New York, why don't you talk about this next one? So the Blueprint album to be inducted into the Library of Congress. Jay-Z making moves again. So the registry's inductees are determined by their cultural, artistic, and historic significance in America's music industry. It spans across all genres, hip-hop, pop, rock, classical, gospel, and Broadway. So, of course, the list also includes music from Earth, Wind & Fire, Nina Simone, Curtis Mayfield, and an excerpt from Robert F. Kennedy's 1968 speech where he announced the death of Martin Luther King Jr. So, for those of you who may be a little young or not so much in the music industry or into music, Jay released the blueprint in 2001. It was the first of a three-part series, and despite the album's release coinciding with 9-11, the album sold um, 427,000 copies. So the Blueprint was was a huge... That was the first week it sold that much. Yeah, so that was a huge, huge, huge um, album and it's pretty dope that he's being, that's being inducted into the Library of Congress because that just means that's being preserved 
for future reference and for future um, generations. So that's that's pretty dope. That's Rock what's up, Nation. Jay. Um, Rock Nation. Once again, will be mentioned in today's ignorance. <laughs> the breadcrumbs. Listen, <laughs> I don't think y'all ready. So, real quick, um, DC's rants, also known as Daniel Caesar. Mm-hmm. Daniel went on to a rant while he was drunk on Facebook Live or whatever platform just, he was on. Those are things you just don't do. You don't drunk. You don't drunk text. You don't drunk call. You don't just drunk Facebook step, Live. Stay away from the devices. <laughs> yes. And so he decided to talk about the laziness of <clears throat> black people. Just um, gonna play into the stereotype, huh? Bro, look. First thing I want to say is. We're not sitting around eating watermelon and chicken all day. Please. Even if we was, when we were sitting around doing that, we, we was building the it. whole country. <laughs> right. So just a quick look at history, Daniel. It's kind of hard to call the people that were building everything lazy. I would assume the lazy one would be the slave master that was just sitting there watching while everything was right. being done. And cracking the whip. Yeah, that's lazy. You know, they walking and pulling and then they sitting on horses. Um just don't forget your base, bro. I, I, I really don't really want to address you. Um, don't forget who the real trendsetters are. Studies have shown that black women are the largest trendsetters in the world. And being Canadian just is an excuse. You're he just, used that as an excuse? Yeah, because, you know, it's like he's Canadian, so he just don't know no better. So a lot of the <laughs> black people in Canada were runaway slaves. <laughs> Like, uh-huh. and they also came from the Caribbean, which means they also came from a slavery background. So how, and it's come out, people have talked about how racist Canada is. Like, it exists. So what are you saying, Look, sir? that song was played at one of the most monumental points of my life. I'm disappointed. Can't edit it out. I'm just, dis- and you're only one album in. Like... I mean, at least Sinead O'Connor ruined her career for speaking up on something she believed in. You mm-hmm. just about to lose your career for being dumb. Mm. Won't, won't. So, how's um, that for lazy? Because you were lazy with your mouth. You were smart. That. You would do research on racism and the history of it. Today's ignorance. yeah. Come on now. <laughs> come on now. Um, so, getting into the bites of the community, Amendment Four. So, Republicans just won't let up. Mm-mm. So now with the party lines and voting amongst that, they want to require that felons pay back all court fees and costs before being eligible to vote, even if those costs are not handed down by a judge as part of the person's sentence. Is this just another roadblock to keep felons from voting? I mean, we kind of know the answer, but. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those instances where you know where you you have like a rope sort of around you, and as you try to like move forward, it gets tighter. Mm. That's one of those situations. Like, oh wait a minute, I didn't. They like, oh it's still here. Oh it's tighter. It's choking me now, as I try to move forward and actually do something different. That's crazy. Just don't want us to be free. Um, yeah. So we just have to let you guys know uh, to all the work, Valencia. Um, Dwight Buller. Dwight Buller. Everybody yeah. that was working for that, keep working and just fight this too. Um, something to chew on. Going to get a little bit deeper here. And I'm actually going to kind of surprise you with this because it's going to require you to speak up as the president of Digital Grass. Mm. Let's talk on it. Um, being ahead of the curve is starting to look like discrimination <clears throat> to me. Mm. How so? 
unpack that for us, please. So nothing against the organization. I think they do great work. And I just received a free membership there through my Platinum <laughs> American Express card. But oh WeWork is launching a co-working space for food startups. WeWork Food Labs will also give $1 million in seed funding to companies as a part of a new accelerator program. So this is my thing. WeWork is pretty much was a large real estate company. Um, mm-hmm. a real estate company. I just, like so, McDonald's. So when a real estate company starts to see opportunities in something else, that means that something else is just getting ready to take off or is already taken off and you got to buy in because you're trying to improve the value of your real estate. So this is the part that bothers me because I don't want to get into the details of it. But in January, they announced that they were going to do this and they're going to do it in New York, mm-hmm. Chelsea area, great area to do stuff like that. And yep. a lot of food. But the food industry is thriving in general because you have a generation to me that just doesn't cook as much. Yeah. And like the social aspect of eating out. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, they don't have a commercial kitchen. Now, we have at Digital Grass put together a proposal called Grow. So we had to actually go ahead and do some trademark stuff and make sure WeWork wasn't going to come after us. Mm -hmm. But with Digital Grass Grow and Junction Grow, we were focused on incubators and accelerators for food, food products and restaurants and things of that nature, which we actually are offering a commercial kitchen, access to a commercial kitchen. What I want to ask you as the president of Digital Grass. Says the CEO of Digital Grass. (laughs) Why would a multi-billion dollar company be able to see an investment like this, but when we go and pitch ideas to people like this, where there's accessible funding as well as accessible investors, they can't see the vision? Because now I have to ask myself, and this is a self-reflection moment, is it that we're not selling the product good enough, or do people just fear being ahead of the curve? What do you think? So... And by the way, we have offered this to multiple cities. Multiple cities with subject experts coming along with the package. SMEs. Yeah. So I think that there may be some other aspects to it, right? Because a lot of times you don't necessarily know who else may have come to them with similar concepts Mm. or something like that. And they may be holding Mm. out because they're looking for it from somewhere else. And... That's a, that's a part of the entrepreneurship journey, right? So a lot of people talk about the idea of no and how you're going to get hit with no's until you get hit with yeses. And it's, it's, it's a part of the nature of things. I don't. You know, I, I think that when we talk about, especially going back to what we've been talking about this whole time, right? We're talking about Theranos and that aspect of how she was able to raise $400 million with no real proof of concept and no real tech, but yet she got all of that money. And when, and it's a concept that just continues to come up. When you have black women who are pitching ideas that are really good, mm-hmm. but then they don't get the funding because they don't look like the people they're pitching to. Like there's an aspect to that. And that's that's the sort of truth that comes with diversity and inclusion that people don't necessarily want to deal with. They would rather put a Band-Aid on it mm. and put people in place and be like, yeah, no, we're really focused on it, but you're really not. Band-Aids. Because you're comfortable with what you're doing and you're really not trying to change. Mm-hmm. You just don't want the headlines. Yeah. So, since you said Band-Aids, <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into this. So we got some smaller topics we can talk about at the end. Mm-hmm. But actually, why don't you do me a favor? 
Uh, producer, director, we're, we're running over today. Just heads up. Um, I'm going to go to this and we're going to come back to some of our topics, okay? Go. Let's do it. For today's ignorance, Gucci, 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 Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Uh, now nah, we good. I'm just going to let you know that right now. So this is uh, going to be a little extensive, but I, I really have to address this. And there's some people I need to address. For today's ignorance, Gucci has offered a scholarship fund of $20,000 to bolster diversity among prospective students pursuing a fashion education. Uh, then they also have a mandatory company-wide volunteer initiative. All 18,000 worldwide Gucci employees will be given four paid days off to volunteer for various causes focused on equality, refugee support, climate change, and education. Onboarding directors tasked with promoting diversity Gucci chain makers funds, which Gucci chain makers funds, which will allocate $5 million towards nonprofit programs across the United States, particularly those uplifting communities of color, $5 million, whole $5 million. Um, so going through this conversation, I made a post about this and cause I want to lead in and get some feedback. Yeah. And I had someone tell me and they stated, and I quote, it is not Gucci's job to fight racism. They are a private for-profit company. The next statement said, fire or retain the people responsible and keep it moving. So let's start here. Um, to be humane is the job of every human. If you wake up and say, I'm not going to be hateful and I'm not going to be racist, it is your job to not be that way. Mm -hmm. Gucci is not a computer. This is a human ran company. As a human, you have these responsibilities to not be racist. As a human, you have the responsibility to be educated on the elements of racism to make sure that you don't make the mistakes that were made by Gucci. If you had accountability and if you had someone uplifting you to those standards, you wouldn't allow the mistakes or the mistakes that happen wouldn't be made. The fact is, we don't want to hold people accountable or no more. And just because they're a private owned company doesn't matter. I don't care if you're private government, if you impact or touch a human, if you go outside, you have the responsibility to prevent, fight and try to stop racism at all costs. The only difference is there's enough people that are willing to fight it, but there's so many people that are willing to stay silent because they're cowards. And let me make that clear. If you have a position or you're in a position to stop racism or any form of hatred in any way, shape or form as a human and you choose not to do so, you are a coward. Make that real clear. Now, moving on with my other points with the fact that I want people to understand I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed that you can't see things this way because there's a difference between being a spook by the door and being the chief diversity officer with no power. See, the spook was actually in there to get information and intel to make a change. Mm -hmm. The diversity offer is in there to collect the check and hopefully get stock so that they can get a return. But they actually have no intent of making a change or making a difference because that would also require them to speak up and make sacrifices. So without greed, a lot of the issues that we're talking about go away. Matter of fact, let's just go ahead and talk about Gucci. 
Gucci shut down the same man that's working with them now, Dapper Dan, for taking stuff that he owned, alternate to a point where you knew it was altered, taking stuff that was owned by celebrities and or stuff that he had purchased, alternate to a point where you knew it wasn't anything made by Gucci, Louis Vuitton, or anybody else, and reselling those products, which was also to me known as being a... Uh, what's the thing when you fix people's clothes? Because I'm, I'm so angry right now. I just got <laughs> a, a tailor. A tailor. So if I'm tailoring clothes and reselling clothes, that's what I'm doing. But Dapper Dan also changed the whole thing for the crossover for those markets to where monogram prints became a big part of these large fashion lines because showing the brand of what you wore became a big thing. So it's just like real estate to a degree since somebody also mentioned that it was more so focused on it's like it's not a real estate developer's responsibility to make sure that real estate isn't overpriced. Actually, it is their responsibility. Real estate developers get TIFs, they get government funding and they get tax breaks, which are things that people of color and people that are still being discriminated on and racist are paying for. So if a real estate developer is developing something without any government kickback, any government tax breaks, any TIFs, any CRA funding, or any of those elements to develop their real estate, then yes, you have a point. But I can pretty much guarantee you, no developers are saying we don't want any government benefits. We're just gonna outright pay all of the taxes that we owe, and we're gonna build on our own dime. That's where redlining comes into effect. So if you're effectively going into a community and removing people from that community to build on government property with government TIFs and government benefits and CRA funding, you do have a social responsibility to that community to take care of that community so if you don't remember because i'm not sure of the age of everybody that's watching this but some people may remember there's this great thing that was called we are the world it was a song written by quincy jones quincy jones building together all the people from the music industry some of the biggest names to sing this song when quincy jones was talking about we are the world he didn't exclude anybody from taking the position of what they should do to make the world a better place for me and you. If you remember the lyrics, that was the whole thing. We are the world. We are all responsible for the good and the bad that happens in the world. As a human, racism is your responsibility to stop it and prevent it as a human. Because if more humans took responsibility in that, we wouldn't have so much racism. Because let me tell you what Gucci, Prada, or any of these other big fashion houses would never do. They would never accidentally put a swastika into their designs and say they didn't know about what happened in the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Just let that sink in. But there's always this slip up of what happens to black people and then it becomes from other black people, it's not their position and it's not their job to fight racism. It's the human job to fight racism. It's a human job to walk away from hate. That is our job as humans. It was the same job as uh, Toussaint uh, that did the Revolutionary War for Haitians to overthrow. It's people's responsibilities. Martin Luther King, that wasn't his job, but as a human, he had the courage to take on that responsibilities. And if we're going to talk about the song industry and mutant people and everything else, if record labels were more humane and not greedy, if record labels were more responsible and not greedy, 
they would have muted R. Kelly a long time ago because you start looking at the basis of R. Kelly, it shouldn't have took public opinion and a documentary to shut him down and to stop the things he was doing. But I can guarantee you this, if R. Kelly didn't continue to make money for that record label and he wasn't a celebrity and he wasn't a star, the allure of R. Kelly to these young girls that are starstruck would have died out and he would have had less victims. Everybody is responsible. And I don't want people to become some separated from society issues that you think there isn't a responsibility. The reason why, as black men and black women, when we came into this country, we were considered three-fifths of a human was because people didn't feel they were responsible to be humane to other people. That was your United States government that wrote that. It's still in writing. You can still go see it. For today's ignorance, if you think that a company is not responsible for social justice just because they are a private corporation, to me, that's pretty much like telling me Hitler isn't responsible for what happened to the Jews and that the government isn't responsible for having the slaves. I don't care what your entity is. You are a human before you are a company and you are responsible for your actions for today's ignorance. All right. I've been wanting to get it off my chest all day, <laughs> all day. Listen, y'all, he came in tight up. I, I, was, like, I was like, you all right? <laughs> so we had to let that space happen. Get oh. You got to release sometimes. You got to release. So now that we've gotten past that, uh, real quick, mm -hmm. some things to go through. We might as well do our shout outs real quick. I want to give a shout out to a Miami native, Stonely Baptiste. Um, Stonely just did another close on a, a round for a new fund, which means he has 10 more years of being a VC. And I shout him out because he was an intricate part of the Miami tech scene. Mm -hmm. And he launched a new company called Pearl Street, um, where he will help urban tech startups with non-VC funding. So a shout out to Stonely. Nice, nice. Gonna do that. Reelected and it feels so good. Brother Wayne Messam cruises to re-election victory by 88%. That's what's up. Oh six. Shout out. I mean, that boy's I think he's gonna run for president. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what he's gonna announce. I'm just thinking him and Andrew gonna run for president. They should do it. We we getting a no. <laughs> we getting a no from my That's what I think he should do. Maybe you should run for Senate. <laughs> we'll figure out what's gonna happen. So um Speaking of politics, stroke of the Irish, all puns intended. Um, I, I'm just going to say Leo. I'm not trying to pronounce that name. He <laughs> uh -huh. met for breakfast with U.S. Vice President Mike Pence on Thursday, but not without bringing his boyfriend along. Now, why is this a big issue? Because Pence, as a conservative Christian, has a vast history of anti-LGBTQ remarks and position against the same-sex marriage. While governor of Indiana in 2015, he signed a religious freedom law that allowed businesses to refuse services to LGBTQ customers. Responsibility, discrimination, and hate. See how this works? Your vice president was discriminating. I guess he ain't had a responsibility either, huh? Mm. Not his responsibility. Might as well just hate on people. But um, if you would have saw his face, yeah, he looked very uncomfortable. I'm sure. You thought I was tight when I came in here. <laughs> Super tight. <laughs> he was tight, tight. Super tight and red in the face. So let's talk about water. Yeah. So the price of water, too high? No, really. <laughs> so water war. Miami Gardens sues North Miami Beach following pricey water bills. 
Mommy Gardens, which is a community that is, of course, here in the city. Uh, Mommy Gardens, for those who may not be familiar with the South Florida area, is where the stadium is, the Hard Rock Stadium, or also called Dolphin Stadium. And that will be where Super Bowl 2020 will be happening. So Miami Gardens gets its water from the Norwood Water Treatment Plant in Miami Gardens, but the plant belongs to the city of North Miami Beach. North Miami Beach taxed on a 25% surcharge for providing water outside its city limits. So when the billing cycle recently changed from every three months to once a month, customers started to feel the pinch. And Mayor Oliver Gilbert and the city of Miami Gardens is fighting, but nothing has been resolved as of yet. The plant is outside of the city limits of North Miami Beach. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out how that whole thing worked out. Right. Your plan is not in your city, but you're charging, charging. people outside of your city. Right. I don't know. Accountability. Racism. <laughs> <laughs> and is the surcharge equal for though everybody who's tapping into it? No, it's not. Because nobody else is getting a surcharge, but the largest black city south of Atlanta. So, I mean, this just shows how things works when you don't have accountability for racism. Um, I think we should go ahead and close out within these streets and then we can just go to ATS and keep it running live, but we'll run the credits. So, in these streets, this is going to be interesting, y'all. So, you know, I like to bring like little interesting stories to add a little something, something to what we're talking about. This is going to be a little bit of a shocker. So more than 1,600 guests across 30 hotels in South Korea were filmed with hidden cameras, streaming video, we were talking about streaming video, to paid online subscribers, CNN reports. Cameras were hidden inside TV boxes, electrical outlets, according to the police, and delivered footage to a website with more than 4,000 members. At least 97 members paid an extra $44.95 for features like the ability to rewind streams, according to the report. At least two people have been arrested. The hotels apparently were not involved in the secret streaming. So if you check out the article, (laughs) if you check out the article, apparently this whole like secret streaming thing is actually an issue in South Korea. There's, There's been reports about cameras being hidden even in public places where it's sort of capturing content without people's knowledge and it's being streamed to people who are watching. The voyeurism is real. That's like, you know, you you bring your stuff in at the last minute so it's more of a shocker to me because <laughs> I don't want to always do research on everything. That's crazy. Crazy. You in the showering, doing whatever you're doing. And so they like basically you. doing Big Brother. Right. And you're not aware. You of. don't even know it. You are a part of somebody's reality TV and you're not getting paid. <laughs> you're not getting any sort of benefit. And they just watching all your goods. Wow. In the comfort of their home, on their laptop. Wow. For $44.95 to be able to rewind and do other other features. Yeah. Well guys, uh, this has definitely been an interesting show. We got more to talk about. We're gonna get right into ATS after this, but uh, my shout out is just for everybody out there fighting for equality and fighting for a cause, even though it's not your job or your responsibility. That's my shout out. So my shout out is be careful where you go and what you do. <laughs> you may want to sweep. <laughs> you may want to get some some spy equipment and sweep your hotel rooms because you just never know. You never know. All that's right. that's what I'm saying. Well, all right. Well, ready? Go ahead. <laughs> 
So this is ATS. We are after the show. That's Mike. That's Toya. Oh. And we keeping the party going. Oh, we got to do. We got to close out. Oh, dog. I thought we was keeping it moving. No, we are gonna close out though. We got to oh. close out and run the credits. Well, that's it, y'all. <laughs> so you say your part. <laughs> that's Mike. That's the way. And, and this, this is Tech Me and Bites. Bites. <laughs> we gonna run the credits. <laughs>